Well, good afternoon and welcome to our Instagram Live Q&A. My name is Matt Van Winkle here with the Iowa State University Alumni Association. While we wait for people to sign on, I'm going to introduce our guest today who really doesn't need much of an introduction. George Niang is in his fourth year in the NBA where he currently plays for the Utah Jazz. Be, uh, before being drafted with the 50th pick in the draft back in 2016, George became a fan favorite at Iowa State. While in Ames, he became the first player in school history to reach four straight NCAA tournaments and was the first two-time All-American at Iowa State. Hey, George. Yo, okay, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That's looking good. That's, that's the old Cy, man. What do you think of him? Legendary. Legendary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, sorry I was late. I was late. We just no worries. had a, a, a couple workouts. No worries, man. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. Uh, you know, waking up, feeling good. Uh, yeah. Finally kind of getting into the groove of things a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Post-COVID-19. So it's been, um, it's been pretty solid. That's right, man. Well, hey, c congratulations on all that you've accomplished so far in your, your young career. Um, what's it kind of been like for you to kind of live out your dream, man, of playing in the NBA? Oh, man. It's been uh, amazing, to be honest with you. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else, especially at this time in my career. And I love waking up and, and getting to do what I love. Um, mm -hmm. You know, obviously, Iowa State was a huge part of my growth as a, you know, as a man and as a basketball player. So I owe a lot of credit to the people at Iowa State and, you know, the people that supported me there because um, it really made the transition uh, to professional basketball pretty seamless. Yeah. What's it, what's it like to see all of your, a lot of your former teammates there in the NBA with you as well? It's pretty cool, huh? Uh, man, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. To be honest with you, uh, you know, obviously I was lucky enough to play with, I think it was five or six guys that have played in the NBA. Um, yeah. And I just remember all the times that, you know, we've been in the Stuka practice facility, whether it was late nights, early mornings, right after class, right before practice, and just seeing how much work all of us put in and, for all of us to achieve and reach our goals. I think that says something about, you know, the university and, you know, the character of the guys that they bring in to, mm -hmm. to the point, you know, where we can, you know, I don't want to say carry the torch, but, you know, push our profession to the next level and be as successful as we can. Yeah, for sure. So you've been in the league, what, this is your fourth year, right? You were drafted with the 50th pick back in 2016, right? I was, yeah. Yeah. So What's... Was, what was your kind of like your I made it moment? You know, was it being drafted? Was it your first game? What was your kind of your, your moment for that? Uh, to be honest with you, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, I always had a dream of playing in the NBA, but my goal was always the next thing. So when I was in mm -hmm. high school, it was like to get a high major offer. Then when I committed to Iowa State, it was to play as a freshman, then start as a freshman, then be all, all mm -hmm. conference, then all Big 12, then all American then, you know, uh, try to be player of the year. Then it was get drafted. And then at that point, I I'd never envisioned myself. I just envisioned getting drafted. So when I got drafted, it was almost like I was 50% like I made it and 50% I want to, you know, yeah. continue to strive to be better. And I really – I didn't put enough time into my vision of what I wanted to be after getting drafted, which is part of the reason why I, I wasn't successful, you know, my first year. Mm -hmm. Um because I wasn't looking at the next step. I was more like, oh, I made it to the NBA. I, I'm, I'm good. And I kind of made my draft night 
kind of like I made it. And mm-hmm. after that, it kind of humbled me to get back to how I was growing up and okay. just continuing to work for the next thing and continue to be happy with where I was at, but even hungrier to go even further. Yeah, for sure. Well, the NBA has been temporarily suspended. The season's been kind of suspended due to the pandemic. So what have you kind of been up to these last few weeks and months? Um, oh, man, I did a lot of eating early on. Uh, you know, I've, I've <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, gotten yeah. back into the swing of things with, you know, getting a routine back, uh, working out, sure. you know, trying to eat healthy. I've, uh, I'm out in Utah, and obviously, you know, it's real uh, – scenic out here so i've done a lot of hiking with a couple of my teammates um getting out on walks every night and uh you know it's kind of bit it's kind of bittersweet um because you know obviously it took away basketball and it took away real life but it kind of opened up other things in my life that you know i've been able to you know see and enjoy uh you know i have a podcast that i do called the driving dish that's on YouTube that the jazz has helped me produce. Um, I've been able to, you know, get on other people's podcasts, but I think the best thing is I've been able to get out and enjoy the world, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's nature or hikes or being on top of a mountain. And it really kind of got me back to appreciating the little things, you know, about life, the things that, you know, money can't buy and just stuff that's really just priceless. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, this whole kind of pandemic in the NBA at least kind of started with your team, right? The first player, in the NBA, are you to bl- test positive are you was on your team. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying you were kind of right in the heat of it, right in the middle of it. So, what was that kind of like? Was it a little bit scary to to have someone on your team? What was going through your mind? Yeah, it was kind of crazy to be honest with yeah. you. Honestly, just because we didn't know what we know now back then. So it yeah. was: Am I going to sure. survive? Uh, what is going to happen? Am I, you know, someone that's a silent carrier who doesn't have any symptoms? Uh, are we going to be able to get out of Oklahoma? I mean, as great as the state is, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, guys want to be able to handle this at home. And I don't want to say around their families, but be in the comfort of their own home. And then you kind of worry about, you know, the people around you. Am I going to be able to keep them safe? Um, Then you, Joe Ingles is on here. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought, but you just kind of, the unknown is really what, what hurts. Uh, everybody and you know mentally it was challenging for us and I told someone the other day I was like you know basketball has been my whole life for a long time and usually when I tune basketball out I have like a real life to enjoy with family and friends and then Mm -hmm. that was taken away so for like a couple weeks I was kind of caught in a rut of you know just wanting to get get out of get out of this world to just somewhat have a sense of normalcy that's your teammate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a, that's, he's a trip. There you go. Oh, my God. No, I'm not going to get donuts. I'm on a strict diet. That's right. Hey, uh, so you've been, like you said, you've been doing this web series with the Jazz called, is it Driving Dish? Um, yeah. What have, you, what have you enjoyed about doing that? Uh, you know, just having a greater appreciation for people that deal with uh, media. Uh, sure. You know, the, the amount of... Uh, research and uh, you know different things that go into the everyday grind of uh trying to get a good interview get good content um sorry i can't stop looking at the comments uh, <laughs> but it, it just kind of gave me a great appreciation and kind of you know tapped me into you know really having a passion whether that's in broadcasting or 
podcasting, mm-hmm. just something new that I could, you know, kind of fall in love with and come to grips with and, and really just enjoy myself uh, while I couldn't play basketball or enjoy real life. So you're the jazz fans. I don't know who came up with this, but they've kind of coined you the, the minivan. What do you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, the story behind that is just I was put in the game last year and um, I had a chance to go up and dunk it. And I did. My teammates were, were giving me a hard time when I went back to the locker room. And I told them, and I was like, listen, I'm not, you know, like a Ferrari engine like the rest of you. I'm more like a minivan. It takes me a couple um, <laughs> laps around the block to get going. That's good. I didn't know that. That's a good story. <laughs> so oh, let's go back to maybe your your time here as a student at Iowa State. So you got your degree in marketing, right? Um, we actually got a, a question on yeah. Twitter from David Kilzer. He wants to know, um, how have you used your marketing degree um, as an NBA player? I, we kind of went over some of it, but you've been some commercials, right? And yeah, I mean, I, I think you you kind of use that stuff every day. You uh, yeah, you are kind of your own brand, right? And when I was in sure. school, I was learning about how to, you know, how other brands marketed off their product. And you know, when you're a professional yeah. athlete, you're kind of the CEO of, you know, your own company. So you kind of have to, in everyday activity, you're introducing yourself and possibly having an opportunity to make money, to make relationships uh, yeah. down the line that could eventually make money um, and do mm-hmm. stuff that's beneficial to you. Um, so the biggest thing that I learned is, uh, you know, treating other people the right way and, and coming off in a professional manner. Um, and, you know, going forward, it really helped me, you know, like you said, you know, land commercials, land gigs uh, mm-hmm. with uh, dealerships out here or just small gigs, whether if it's on, you know, a podcast or, you know, a radio interview or a radio show. Um, it really helped me. There was a, a class that I took. Um, I want to say it was marketing 340, 335. I'm not sure what it was, but we were asked to go out and interview um people in Iowa that had, mm-hmm. you know, caterpillars, uh, caterpillar or cat products, uh, whether sure. it was a combine yeah. um, or, and John and do, and do the same thing with John Deere and, yeah. you know, get their feedback and what they liked, you know, the, the person who was coming to sell them, what they'd like them to say um, to persuade them to buy that their product. Yeah. So at, at the end of the semester, you know, we would have to come back, and actually present what we had learned from, you know, the customer to the actual uh, sellers at John Deere and Caterpillar. And it kind of helped me realize, you know, that, you know, what information I have to give out to other people to make them interested in what I have to offer. And, you know, like I said, I'm the CEO of, of my own company. So whether if it's on Instagram, whether if it's on Twitter, you know, the content and uh, information that I'm putting out, it's stuff that I want myself to make, to make myself look good and generally who I am. I don't want myself to just be a billboard of, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's always advertising something. But generally, mm-hmm. the interest that I have and who I am as a person might interest other people and do a good job of, of putting that out there and helping people understand who I am. Because, you know, maybe there is a money deal that people, um, you know, want to get, in, get involved with me. Or there's a relationship that people want to have with me that may be beneficial for me down the road. 
Yeah, for sure. You had a really special connection with the fans here at Iowa State as a player, and that's kind of continued on um, into your NBA career. What was it about the fans here that you connected with so well? Um, you know, Iowa State is such a unique place, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's been special to me since the day I stepped foot uh, on campus as a recruit. And, you know, I think everybody has – this genuine love for seeing other people um, be the best and achieve their goals and bring happiness to all. Right. So I, I was telling someone, you know, I, when you, you work as hard as you do at, at what you love, you do it to be, you know, appreciated, but you also do it for yourself. But the appreciation that the Iowa state fans, you know, give you and the love um, there's nothing like it. I mean, I don't even think I could put it into words. Um, my time at Iowa State was a great one on the court, but it was even better off the court, the relationships I made, um, the people I got to meet. And they were genuine people. They didn't want anything out of me but to see the best, you know, happen for me. It wasn't like, hey, I did this for you, you owe me. And you rarely find that in the world. And for me to be an 18-year-old kid and walk into that and – be loved and appreciated and be around people that, you know, are normal, just like me. I know a lot of people be like, well, you're, you were this at Iowa state, you were, uh, you know, an all American, but I'm the same normal person that wakes up and, and goes to Casey's general store and eats breakfast pizza. You know what I mean? And they never made me feel uncomfortable. They made me feel like I was one of them. And that's, you know, all I ever really wanted. And the amount of love and support that they showed, whether if it was flying down to Destin, Florida, um, to watch us play in a, you know, a Christmas tournament or Kansas city to watch us win a, a big, uh, 12 championship. They were always there to support. And, uh, I can't ever thank them enough. It was just a, a great experience, uh, that I had. And I will always call Ames home and I will always get back there and, and love and appreciate my time. The off season is my favorite when I can get back to Ames and, and be with my people. I always say the people of Ames and Iowa are uh, always my people. And you, you still do an annual basketball camp and a golf fundraiser each year, right? Are you, are you guys still planning that for this year? And kind of talk about what that's meant to you to be able to do those. Yeah. Um, you know, we're trying to uh, make that happen. Uh, yeah. But obviously, you know, with everything that's going on, um, it's a little more difficult. Um, so we haven't really pinned down whether, you know, we're going to continue to do it. Um, we're trying to find different ways to, you know, to work around, you know, um, the restrictions, but, um, we'll have a decision probably in in two to three weeks, um, going forward. Cool. What's it, what's it meant to you to do those fundraisers too? I know you do the golf, the golf charity as well. What, What does that mean to you? Oh, it means a ton. Uh, you know, obviously I understand I was lucky enough to have a, a great, great upbringing, um, you know, where I supported and loved and given a lot of uh, opportunity. And um, so when I decided to do this charity golf outing and the basketball camp, it was just me wanting to give back to a community that has given me so much happiness, that has taken me in, you know, from being an outsider, you know, to being someone that they call their own. Um, so it was, it was extremely important to me you know, to really give back to the, to the city of Ames, to the state of Iowa, because they had given me more happiness 
than they would ever have known. Awesome. Hey, you want to take a couple questions? Yeah, let's do that. But all right, not, cool. Not from Quinn, not from Quinn Cook. Not from Damian Quinn Cook. Lee. Okay. Okay. Um, this one's from the actually the your old Ivy College of Business. They want to know what your favorite part about being a student in the College of Business was. Uh, well, there's two parts. Okay. Uh, um, I loved when they gave out free donuts uh, every once in a while. You know, when we walked in, <laughs> uh, that that was always great. It, you know, it's like a free donut day. You could walk in and grab as many donuts as you wanted. Uh, but, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was I liked how, you know, everyone was approachable in the in the business college. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I started off taking uh, business classes uh, as a sophomore. But if I had a question about courses, you know, I had, um, you know, administrators that I could go visit. Their doors were always open. Even the dean's, uh, you know, office, you know, was always open to where I could go um, talk to him and, and build a relationship with him. And um, it, it, was, it was just great because uh, I, I had a lot of great teachers. Um, Ann Clem, you know, was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And uh, she taught accounting uh, 283, 284. Uh, it's been such a long time, I can't remember the exact number. Um, but she made a relationship with her students, and it was a big lecture, and it was personable. It, she wanted yeah. to see us do great. Um, outside of her classroom. So whether she could help us with something that didn't involve accounting or that it did involve accounting, she was always there for us. And, you know, I still keep in touch with her to this day. And uh, just the relationships that I built with teachers were just simply amazing. All right. I see one that just came in from Josh. He wants to know what your favorite hobby is that somebody wouldn't know about. That's a good one. You have a hobby? Um, I uh, I love to go boating uh, okay. in the summer. I heard Lake Ogaboji is the place to be. I yeah. might have to make my way up there. Um, you know, life is hectic uh, during the NBA season. You know, it's always on the go. Yeah. So whenever I have time to, you know, be back in Iowa or be back with my family and relax on a lake or a boat, it's um, it's usually a good time. So I would say my hobby is either being on a lake or an ocean. Okay, cool. Um, Eric had a question on Instagram. He wants to know um, your thoughts on the proposed plan for the playoffs. I, don't, I guess I hadn't heard an update. What, what's, the, what's the most recent update on the playoffs situation? Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to get down to Disney sometime in July, but okay. specifically, I don't know how um, I don't know how it, it's going to happen. I think we're going to have to wait until June 1st for that you know, that's all get sorted out. But I'm excited. I'm excited to get back playing basketball. Someone's saying we missed Quinn Cooks. And, I know. I'm trying to see what we missed. Oh, 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 best, oh Remy, I see. Best Remy at Iowa State off the court. I would have to say um, Visha. Visha was probably my best memory before my freshman year. I think my sophomore year they took it out. But it was a good memory yeah. of all of us celebrating uh, every college and um, having a good time, you know, living the college life and partying. And then Damian Lee was, what was your lowest point yeah, at ISU? And how did that help you into the person of influence slash man that you are today? I would have to say um, losing to UAB Ooh, uh, my yeah. junior year, uh, being upset was probably the lowest moment. But, you know, it made me realize that everything, you know, isn't given and you have to work every day extremely hard to get what you want, you know, in this life. And that was 
that's what pushed me going forward to handle the adversity of, you know, Fred Hoiberg leaving and um, and being able to have a successful senior year. So uh, one of the local TV stations here, Channel 13, they're doing a greatest uh, gut punches in Iowa sports history. And I don't know if you knew this, but you're on the, the commercial for it from the uh, the Ohio State game, man. Uh, oh. That was a that was a tough one, wasn't it? <laughs> oh man, that was uh, that was really tough. I mean, just because being a freshman, you you kind of get used to the publicity that comes along with being a college yeah. athlete, and then the NCAA tournament hits, and that's even more publicity. And then to be uh, kind of the forefront or, or face of a game of devastation for your team. I really just felt bad for the seniors. We had a lot of guys that had helped build up the program then, and, and I almost felt like I had let them down. And uh, that was that was a that was a gut punch. That was uh, really hard for me to deal with. But I think going forward, it kind of molded me, um, yeah, into who I was, and made me want to continue to carry the torch uh, of being, you know, uh, yeah. a solid uh, representative of Iowa State and continue to bring the basketball program to new heights. All right, Laura's got one that we can turn the, the mood around. What was your favorite memory on the court at Iowa State? Oh, it was definitely uh, be- beating uh, beating Iowa and uh, mm-hmm. definitely uh, – The comeback Kansas, at home? Can- yeah. yeah, Oklahoma and then the Kansas College, uh, mm. college game day. Those were all yeah. huge um, – um, those are two of the biggest – you know, accomplishments in college and, and moments that I'll never forget, especially yeah. it being at home in front of the greatest fans ever. Yeah, for sure. All right. I got, we'll do, we'll do one more question. All right. Does that sound good? Um, uh, this is from D E G Sci fan. You're always so positive on Twitter. Is that natural or a choice? Where does your positivity? Um, come from? You know, you know, I, I think the biggest thing in life is everybody's going through something and, I always try to choose uh, positivity. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I've read a couple books over my years, whether it's John Gordon, The Energy Bus, or The Talent Code, or The Obstacle is the way. You're going to have challenges um, in life, and things aren't going to continuously, you know, go your way. But how you choose to react to them is really going to determine how your life ends out. And, um, you know, things aren't always right in my life. I may be uh, more positive than, you know, people want to see, but that's just who I am. And I just choose to choose happiness over anything. Um, you know, things could go wrong. Things could be tough, but I think as a human, you have that choice to be happy and choose happiness, even though things aren't going your way, you know, you do have the right to say I'm happy regardless of what's happening. Cause at the end of the day, the simplest form of waking up and being able to breathe and walk that should give anybody the most happiness because there's people out there that can't even do that. And when I'm having a bad day, I try to realize that. I try to realize that even up to this point in my life, I've lived a, an amazing life. Obviously, I want to continue down that path and continue to have a great life. But I've done so many cool things with so many cool people that I should be thankful um, above anything else because if something goes wrong in my life, I've had so much good outweigh that negative moment. Um that I could never just sit here and sulk and be negative. Awesome. Hey, George, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. 
Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and good luck the rest of the way. Continued health and happiness uh, as you as you go forward. All right, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Go Cyclones.